Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. We just want to make you aware of a couple things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks by searching at Hope Church LV. Also, be sure to check out our website, hopechurchonline.com. There you can find out more information about who we are and where we're headed as a church. Once again, thanks for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. Please let us know if there's any questions you have or any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. Let me ask you a question as we look at God's Word together this morning. Do you ever feel anxious? Do you ever worry? You ever stress out? Now, before you solidify your answer, uh, the um, Anxiety and Depression Association of America says that anxiety is a reaction to stress. And here's what statistics tell us. There was a report done in 2017, last year, about stress in America. And here's what it says. 75% of Americans experienced at least one symptom related to stress. So that means at least 75% of us in the room have probably dealt with some type of anxious or worried response to some stressful situation that we've experienced in our lives. But to bring it even closer to home, a recent study reported by our local Fox 5 News identified this. Nevada is the fifth most stressed state in the United States of America. You said, I knew something was up, right? I knew I wasn't crazy, right? Yeah, we, we live in a place where people are stressed out. Nevada is one of the most stressed out places in America. And despite what you may hear from those claiming to teach the Bible, there are Christian teachers and Bible teachers, unfortunately, who would say, and it's very popular on a lot of the television, podcasting, website stuff, that, that as Christians, that we're somehow immune from the difficult situations and circumstances in life. They would say that if you would just have enough faith, or if you would just give enough money, or if you would just pray hard enough, that there would not be any of these difficult, stressful, desperate situations. But the bottom line is, as Christians, we are not immune from difficult and stressful situations as followers of Jesus. Amen? Listen to what the Bible says. I mean, you may not want to say amen there, but you need to say amen there because it's true. Look what the Bible says, and I'm giving you this verse out of 2 Timothy chapter 3 out of the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible takes the original language and kind of gives you the full meaning of some of these words. Look at the way they translate this verse. But understand this, that in the last days will come. That's important. He didn't say might come, probably will come, maybe will come. In the last days what? will come, meaning not a doubt about it. What's going to come? Perilous times of great, what? 
stress and trouble. And then he gives us an understanding of what that means. That means they're going to be hard to deal with and hard to bear. What are these last days? Here's what that means. The closer we get to the return of Christ. Where did we finish last weekend with pages? We talked about the fact that Jesus is coming again. Here's what the Bible says. The closer we get to his second coming. Let me ask you this. Are we closer today than we were yesterday? How close are we? I don't know, but we're closer today than we were yesterday. And tomorrow we're going to be closer then than we are today. So the closer we get to the second coming of Christ, the Bible says we will endure times that are of great stress. They're going to be hard to deal with and hard to bear. What distinguishes us as followers of Jesus is not the absence of difficult and stressful situations. What distinguishes us is the presence of God's peace in the midst of those difficult and stressful situations. That's what sets us apart. We in the midst of difficulty, listen, I don't know what you're facing in your, your life. I don't know what creates anxiety for you. I don't know what stresses you out. I don't know what causes you to worry. But here's what I'm telling you. Regardless of what it is today, you can experience the peace of God in the midst of that circumstance and situation. Here's the big question of the morning. I want you to look at this. In difficult circumstances, do you stress out with worry and anxiety, or do you experience the peace of God? Which word most describes you? Anxious or peaceful? I don't want you to answer out loud. I just want you to think about it. And thinking about it, I want you to hear the verses of Scripture that I want to teach from both this morning and next weekend. I'll come back to these same verses in Philippians chapter 4. Paul writes, and here's what he says. Be anxious for... I want you to say the next word out loud. We're really not going to get much past that today, all right? We're going to camp out here today. I'm going to read the whole thing, but we're going we're to spend most of our time here. We're going to unpack the rest of this next weekend. Be anxious for what? Listen, some of you need to put that on the, the lock screen on your phone right there, right? Because when you pick it up, you just be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. You hear what he's contrasting here? Being anxious in our own spirit versus the peace of God that will surpass all comprehension, meaning it's a peace you can't really explain. You shouldn't have it. Circumstances around you say you shouldn't have it, but it'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I hope just that verse of Scripture, those two verses, are somewhat of a healing balm over your soul today.
Now, before I go any further in this series that we're launching into this morning called Anxious About Everything, I want to address something uh, and clarify what we mean when we're talking about anxiety or being anxious, all right? I want to bring some clarity to that this morning. And I want to read you something that comes right off of WebMD. Here's a quote off WebMD. Everyone feels anxious now and then. It's a normal emotion. For example, you may feel nervous when faced with a problem at work, before taking a test, or before making an important decision. Anxiety disorders are different, though. They are a group of mental illness, and the distress they cause can keep you from carrying on with your life normally. So here's what I want to clarify this morning. I am not, hear me very clearly, I am not saying today that if someone has a genuine medical condition, that there is a spiritual solution that we're going to give you to that issue. That's not what I'm saying today, okay? Now, are there spiritual solutions to medical issues? Maybe. Can God heal? Yes. Does he always? No. Not in this life. Now, as believers, ultimately, whatever physically, medically you are facing, ultimately, you and I will be healed when he comes again and wipes away every tear from our eye. So don't you be discouraged, believer, if you battle something physically or medically and think this is just, no, Jesus is coming and is going to make all things new. Can he heal today? Yes, he can if he chooses to. But medical issues have medical solutions. If I'm sick, all right, I'm talking about me. If I'm sick today, I'm going to pray about that. But I'm also going to go to my doctor. And I'm going to use the best medical wisdom God has allowed us to understand to treat whatever's making me sick. One of the ways God heals is through giving us the intellect and wisdom to discover ways to treat illnesses and diseases. So, if, if what you're dealing with is a medical, physical problem, you can pray all day long and it may not change a medical, physical problem. There needs to be medical, physical solutions. But, spiritual issues have spiritual solutions. And here's what I'm concerned about in the culture we're living in right now. It seems like we're treating all anxiety as if it is a medical problem. And sometimes it's simply a spiritual issue. And you cannot resolve spiritual issues with medical solutions. You can try to mask them. You can try to cover them. But you will not resolve them. So pastor, how do I know? How do I know if what I'm dealing with is medical or spiritual? Well, let me say first of all, I don't think I can give a completely definitive answer to that question. But let me give you some, some help to try to figure that out. Let me give you three things you need to do if you're really dealing with this issue deeply and you're concerned about whether it's medical or spiritual. You need to have, first of all, conversations with your doctor. You need to talk to your physician. 
You need to make sure that you share with them exactly what's going on in your life. Number two, in, in, in concert with that, you need to get counsel from someone in Christian leadership in your life who knows and understands your situation. So you need to get advice and counsel from your medical doctor. You need to get advice and counsel from a Christian leader who's trained to be able to walk with you through something like this. And third, you need to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit of God in your own heart. And here's what I'm saying to you. Getting counsel on something like this is kind of like a three-legged stool. If you take any leg of that stool out, that stool is going to fall over. It's not going to be two legs and a three-legged stool is useless, right? So you need all three legs of this stool to make a wise decision. Counsel from your doctor, counsel from someone in spiritual leadership that understands what you're walking through, and the voice and leadership of the Holy Spirit of God as you discern that. If that's clear, say amen. Amen. So here's what I want to say. As I talk over the next three weeks about being anxious, throughout this series, I am not referring. I am not referring. I'm going to say it one more time just so I can be real clear. I am not. Why don't you say this? Say, he is not referring to. Say, he is not. I am not referring to a genuine medical condition which needs medical attention. Here's what we're talking about. I'm talking about a response of our flesh to the circumstances in our lives that can be dealt with through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's what we want to address. And that's what Paul was addressing when he said, be anxious for nothing. Now, if we're all on the same page, say, Amen. 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 I think you believe me. So, with that, let me ask and answer two questions this morning. Here's the first one. And I I take time to do that because this is a serious issue. It's a serious issue. And there are people that deal with real medical issues in this arena. And listen, it's wrong of the church to say, if you just pray hard enough and read enough Bible, you're going to be okay. You would never say that to somebody with cancer. You would never say that to somebody with diabetes, and we should not say that to someone who's struggling with medical physical issues in this arena either. We shouldn't do it. It's it's abusive, and it's wrong to do so. But there are many today who are quickly running to the conclusion that it's medical and physical without dealing with the spiritual issues. So I want to address it today. Two questions. Here's the first one. Be anxious for nothing. First question, what does it mean to be anxious? What does it mean to be anxious? The word that Paul uses here, be anxious for nothing, is a word that means to care for, to worry, to be troubled, to take thought, to be pulled in different directions. If you look this word anxious up in the English dictionary, and I did it this week, I have a, 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 a site that I go to on, online called onelookdictionary.com. And if you type a word into one look dictionary, it brings you up the definition of that word in about every dictionary in the English language. It brings up about 30 or 40 different definitions of that word in all these different dictionaries. Almost every dictionary in the English language defining the word anxious includes the word worry or fear. 
So what we're talking about is something that's rooted in worry and fear and a troubled spirit. But here's what I want you to notice. Paul says, be anxious for nothing. The, the phrase be anxious there is a verb in the Greek language, and it's in the present tense. So what he's describing is an ongoing, continuous feeling of worry and fear and trouble. Paul is not saying that I am not to care at all about the circumstances in my life. Paul is not saying that you and I are to live by some hakuna matata, right? Like out of the Lion King. Or, or Bobby McFerrin, don't worry, be happy. You know, the little song I wrote, that whole deal, right? No, that's, don't worry, be, no, that's not what Paul's saying. Paul is not saying that you and I are to have no care at all. There are going to be things that pop up in our lives. There's going to be a reaction to that. There's going to be some care, some concern. What Paul is teaching us is that the cares and concerns of our life are not to paralyze us by leaving us afraid and worried rather they should be understood through a right perspective of our relationship with God you and I should not live dominated and paralyzed and worried and troubled about the situations and circumstances in our life does that mean there's not going to be a moment when I react with some some uh oh what is this no but what Paul's saying is I shouldn't live there I shouldn't carry that it shouldn't be the way that I live my life here's what Albert Barnes the great theologian said he said this statement does not mean that we are to exercise no care about worldly matters No care to preserve our property or to provide for our families, but that there is to be confidence in God as to free the mind of anxiety and such a sense of dependence on him as to keep it calm. All human beings experience genuine concern. If you don't, you're not a human being. Right? I mean, that's, what, that's the way Spock on Star Trek was. Right? He didn't have any emotion. He didn't care about anything. But human beings, we care. We have concern. So let me give you a definition of being anxious for the series. Here's the definition. Fearful concern experienced when life's demands seem greater than my ability to meet them. That's being anxious. It's this dominating, fearful concern. When, the, when, when life's demands, when the circumstances in life seem greater than my ability to meet them. Well, then, Pastor, how do I know the difference between genuine concern and fearful concern? Are you not just splitting hairs? No, let me give you the difference. Genuine concern. I want to put it up here so you can see the contrast. Genuine concern is really what we call a burden. And genuine concern expresses itself in dependence on God. And here's the question genuine concerns ask. What will he do? When I have a situation or circumstance in my life that seems greater than my ability to meet that, you know what that gives me? That gives me a burden. What do I do with that burden? I take it to the Lord. And I say to the Lord, Lord, what are you going to do about this? 
Now, I may have to do that multiple times throughout the day. I may have to do that day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. But I'm, a burden is that which is genuinely driving me to the Lord to throw this on him and say, you are my father. God, what are you? It, it presses me to dependence on God. Fearful concern. Let me show you the other side. Being anxious expresses itself in dependence on self. And here's the question that it asks. What am I going to do to fix this? What am I going to do to resolve this? So rather than the situation and circumstance that seems overwhelming driving me to my father, the situation and circumstance causes me to look internally. And the reason I'm stressed out is because I realize my pockets aren't deep enough. My resources aren't good enough to meet whatever's in my life. So now I'm stressed out because the need is greater than the supply. But when I look to my father, the supply is all always greater than the need you see the difference that's genuine concern versus fearful concern what's he gonna do what am I gonna do so in your worry what question are you asking are you worried because you can't figure out how you're gonna fix this you're asking the wrong question If you're following him and there's nothing in your life that's between you and him, you got every right to go to your daddy and say, Daddy, everything in my life is what you're telling me it ought to be. Now, if he shows you something that's not, deal with that first. But then you place it at his feet. You say, Father, if you're who you say you are, and I believe you are, then I have full confidence that's in your hands. And whatever happens, it's for my good and your glory. Second question. Why should I not be anxious? Y'all got to listen fast for the rest of this, all right? Well, why should I not be anxious? I'm going to give you five reasons why you shouldn't be anxious. Number one, being anxious is not pleasing to God. You putting it on your shoulders and carrying it as your responsibility doesn't please him. Paul says, be anxious for nothing. You need to know this about that phrase. It's an imperative. Here's what that means. It's a command. Meaning to not fulfill it is to disobey God. To live with concern and put it on my shoulders is to disobey a command of Scripture. And it's not new with Paul. Jesus said the same thing. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. For this reason, I, Jesus, say to you, do not be what? Say it out loud. So when you're worried, I want you to hear Jesus say, don't do that. Do not be worried about what? About your life. As to what you will eat. What you will drink, not for your body, is to what you'll put on. The word worried in this verse is the exact same Greek word translated be anxious in Philippians chapter 4. Same word, not a different word. 
To live dominated by being anxious or stressed out or worried is to live outside the boundaries God has established for our lives. And it's not who Jesus is. Read the Gospels. Do you ever see Jesus going, oh my gosh. There's a storm and we're in a boat. What am I going to do? Now, what's Jesus doing? He's sleeping. Everybody else is stressed out, but not Jesus. Why? Because he knows the Father. Here's the point. When I'm living dominated by worry and anxiety, guess what that is? That's my flesh and not Christ in me. Because Christ in me, he don't worry. It's a Christ-likeness issue. You find a place in the Gospels Jesus ever stressed out or got worried. There were times he had burden. He had burden sometimes to the point that he was praying so hard to the Father that he sweat drops of blood. But he always took it to the Father. Number two. Being anxious endangers my health physically and spiritually. Remember what we've said about Scripture? Whenever God gives us a command, he says don't do something because he didn't want you to what? Hurt yourself, right? So God says don't be anxious. Why? Because it hurts you. Let me tell you how it hurts you. The ongoing state of worry or being anxious can affect every virtual uh, organ system in your body in negative ways. According to the National Institute of Health, prolonged emotional stress has been shown to cause the following health problems. So if you're living with constant worry and anxiety, here's what the National Institute of Health says it can lead to. Weakening of the immune system, high blood pressure, upset stomach, ulcers, acid reflux, increased rapid heartbeat, heart palpitations, panic attacks, cardiovascular problems, increase in blood sugar levels, irritated bowel syndrome, backaches, tension, headaches, migraines, sleep problems, chronic fatigue syndrome, respiratory problems, heavy breathing, worsening skin conditions like eczema. You know what I feel like? I feel like one of those drug commercials on television <laughs> that says, hey, we're going to fix this. Now, we're going to cause 72 other problems, but we're going to fix this. <laughs> Here's the deal. Worry doesn't even promise to, cuff to solve anything. It's just going to wreck our life. The, the, the uh, WebMD says 75 to 90% of all doctor's visits in the office are for stress-related ailments and complaints. According to the American Psychological Association, stress is linked to the six leading causes of death. My mentor, Clyde Cranford, in his book, Because We Love Him, said this, Being anxious is a cancer that eats away at our flesh and our faith. Listen, put the Bible aside. There ought to be a Surgeon General's warning on worry. Even if the Bible never mentioned it. They ought to say, hey, this is leading you to death. So when God said, don't be anxious, don't worry, you know what he was saying? Help yourself. Number three, being anxious is inconsistent with the character of God. It's inconsistent with the character of God. A.W. Tozier says, the most important thing about you is what comes to mind when you think of God. It's a good statement. What do you mean it's inconsistent with the character of God? Well, let me ask you some questions. How many of you believe God is a loving God? Let me see your hand. Hold it up. You believe God's a loving God. Just hold it up for a second. Keep it up. Keep it up. Classroom participation time. All right. You can put them down. 
How many of you believe God is a wise God? See your hand. Hold them up. Okay, put them down. How many of you believe God is a powerful God? Come on. That's it. Best I can tell, just about everybody in the room, you can put them down. So we just all pass the test 100%. But listen, I want you to know what the Bible says more than that. The Bible says not only is God loving, the Bible says God is love. The Bible says not only is he wise, but in Colossians, the scripture says, in him is all wisdom. The Bible says not only is he powerful, but in 2 Peter and Isaiah and Revelation, it says in him is all power. So if all that is true, let me give you some conclusions. Number one, since God is love, he desires only what's best for us. Makes sense, right? You love your kids. You want what's best for them. Infinitely more than you love your children, God loves us. He is love. He only wants what's best for us. Number two, since God has all wisdom, he knows what's best for us. I want what's best for my kids because I'm loving. I want to love them, but I'm not all wise. I don't always know what's best for my kids. God not only wants what's best for me because he loves me, he knows what's best for me because he's all wise. Number three, since God is all powerful, he can bring about what's best for me. Even when, with my kids, even when I want what's best and even when I know what's best, I don't always have the power or the authority to bring about what's best for them. God not only loves us and wants what's best for us, he not only knows what's best for us, God is sovereign sitting on the throne of the universe and he can make what is best for us happen in our lives. Now, here's the last part. If all that is true, What are you being anxious about? If in genuine concern, you have taken it to your father who knows what's best for you and wants what's best for you and has all authority to bring about what's best for you, what are you anxious about? He is God. He's God. Number four. Being anxious misrepresents the character of God to those around us. When you and I are constantly anxious or worried or stressed out, it presents a distorted view of God to the people who are watching our lives. We've said, oh, he's my God. He's my father. He saved me. We've witnessed to our neighbors. We've witnessed to our coworkers. We've witnessed to our classmates. Yes, he's God. He's on the throne. One little blip on the radar, and we go into full-on freak-out mode. And they're like, I thought you said he's God. I thought you said he's your father. I thought you said he loves you and is all-powerful and all-wise and only wants what's best for you and is working everything out in your life for your good and his glory. What happened to all that? When others see us anxious, living with this fearful concern ongoing, it raises questions about the character of God. They're wondering, is God really in control? Does God really care? 
Is God really loving? Can God really be trusted? Because here's one of his children told me that he could be, but now they got a little situation in their life and looks like they handle it just like I do. Why do I need their God if they deal with problems just like I do? Number five. And this really ought to convince you. (laughs) Being anxious doesn't change anything. For the good. We've said what it's doing for the bad. It's destroying you. And that shouldn't surprise us either because Jesus said that. Listen to what Jesus said. And which of you by worrying can add a single hour to his lifespan? (laughs) Here's what Jesus said. Uh, How's that worrying thing working out for you? You can't add a single minute. You can take some away. Six leading causes of death. You can get there quicker. But you're not adding any time to you. If then you cannot even do even a very little thing, why why are you worried about other stuff? So then here's a question I want to finish with today. And, and, And let me just say with this question... I'm only going to mention a couple of things because I don't want to leave you hanging. We're, we're, we're going to really deal with this question in entirety next week. How do I keep from being anxious in my life? Because if we're all going to be honest, this is something we all struggle with. Here's why. The natural tendency of our flesh is to run to ourself to deal with stuff. That's the way we handle stuff naturally. Only in the power of the Spirit do we run to the Father in genuine concern with a burden and roll it out on him. So we're going to deal with that next week as we unpack the rest of Philippians 4. We're going to talk about the by everything, through prayer, supplication, let your request be known to God, and the peace of God, pass all, passing all comprehension, guard your heart and mind. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. So just hang on to that. I'd encourage you, if this is an area in your life, memorize this week, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Just memorize it. Just memorize it. So Paul talks about this. Jesus talks about this. Peter also talks about this. So here's what I'm saying. We, we act like sometimes today that this thing of anxiety is new. We've just recently discovered it in the last 20 or 30 years. Jesus talked about it. Paul talked about it. Let me read you what Peter said about it. In 1 Peter chapter 5, look what Peter says. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of who? God. That he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your... Come on, say it out loud. Exact same word Jesus used in Matthew, this translated worry. Exact same word Paul used in Philippians chapter 4, translated anxious. Here it's translated anxiety. Cast all your anxiety where? Upon him. Why? Why? Oh, this is so good. Why? Because what? He cares for you. So let me give you, as we, as we close... Three thoughts out of this. Keep, give me that verse. Keep that verse back up here. Let me give you three thoughts out of this verse of Scripture. If you're dealing with being anxious, remember this, first of all. God is big. If you could simply see. That's why he starts here. Before he says, cast your anxiety, he says, let me remind you of something. The mighty hand of God. 
If you could simply for a moment see what you're facing in light of the bigness of God. Whatever it is you're facing, no matter how big it is. We're talking about the God who spoke the world, the universe into existence with a word. You realize where we'd be without the sun as the center of our solar system? We'd be in a mess. Our world would be in a mess. We we wouldn't be alive if the sun just moved a little bit. Did you know the sun is just one of Billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of stars. Just one, just one star. It's the center of our solar system that holds it all into place. And and in, in God's, it's just one star. That God is your Father. Remember, God is big. Number two, remember. He cares. This word care, it's a word that means uh, what's going on in your life is important to him. Read it this way. Cast all your anxiety upon him because whatever you're facing is important to him. To who? This mighty God. Here's what that means. He's got you. Your father's got you. He's got you. So here's the third thing. Throw it all on him. The word cast is a word that means to hurl, to sling. Here's what that means today you can do. You can run to your father with whatever you've got and just dump it and know that he has you. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would take these truths and bring application into our lives. Lord, would you, as only you can, with great clarity, God, you know the burden of my heart today has been to do everything we can to distinguish between that which is a real medical problem and that which is a spiritual problem. And God, I pray that you've given us as believers today ears to hear. And I pray today for those that don't know you, God, that they would discover there's a better way to handle problems and to deal with it on your own. You can have a father who cares. So as we sit here in the stillness of this moment, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, in just a moment we're going to stand. Our worship team's going to lead us in a song of worship. We're going to have pastors here at the front. If you don't know Jesus today, if you don't have a relationship with God, listen, I understand you're carrying your problems all by yourself. But here's what I want you to say. I just want to tell you that you don't have to. 
You can come and you can meet Jesus. You can have a Father in heaven through Christ that loves you, that cares about you, and that's got you. If you don't know Jesus today, when we stand in just a moment, you come to myself or one of these other pastors. Here's all you have to say. I need Jesus. And we'll have somebody sit down with you and open a Bible and show you, just like 13 people did Monday night, how you can begin a relationship with God through Jesus. Just come. That's all you got to do. Just come. There are others of you that are believers, and you've recognized even this morning that you are battling some spiritual problems in your life, and your flesh is wrapping a hold of that, and you're carrying worry and anxiety and fear. And you know it's a spiritual issue. I want to encourage you. Man, these altars are open today. You can run to these altars and you can throw it all on the Father. You can come to one of our pastors if it's something you want us to pray with you and for you about. Your job, your health, your family, a relationship, your marriage, whatever it is. You respond today as God speaks. Lord, have your way in this moment. Use it for your glory and honor. Spirit of God, move here today. It's in the name of Jesus.